You're listening to Common Threads, a podcast about ethical fashion, hosted by Ruth McGilp and Alice Cruikshank. We go beyond buzzwords and PR peddling interviews and instead dive deep into what really matters. Each week we break down the big issues, all with a little help from some amazing guests. Let's change the fashion game, one conversation at a time. Hello and welcome back to Common Threads. Now, we recently had some feedback that our podcast actually made someone high-five the phone screen. They were so in tune with what we were saying. So we feel like our mission has maybe been accomplished. So continuing on with those vibes of bullshit-free, solutions-driven conversations about what really matters in sustainable fashion, we are talking about a movement today that is transforming the entire system of design and production to take waste out of the equation. Yes, today's episode is all about the wonderful world of zero waste design. There is so much to this topic, which we're going to dive into later with our brilliant guests. But essentially, we just wanted to define that zero waste design is a set of practices and processes that aims to design as much waste as possible out of the fashion system. So this is all the way from fibres and fabrics all the way through to finished garments and even things like unsold stock and returns. So textile waste is everywhere in the fashion industry and it's not all on consumers and we'll hear later how the kind of whole system is designed this way. Exactly, this waste happens at every stage of a garment's life cycle. According to Common Objective, around 35% of all the materials in the fashion supply chain end up as waste. Though as you'll hear in our interview, Holly says this could actually be as high as 60%. And so much of this waste can be reduced just through simple shifts and processes like pattern cutting and digital design, as well as challenging the dominant system of overproduction. And it doesn't have to be this way. Stay tuned to find out how we can tackle waste at the source. Just a little note from us about how to support the show before we jump in. We run Common Threads on absolutely zero budget. We dedicate our own time and money as freelancers to keep the podcast as educational and engaging as possible for as many people as possible. We are independent creators with no additional help from editors, producers or promoters and we don't have any brand advertisers to provide income. Help us keep the podcast free and ad-free for everyone by donating the cost of a cup of coffee to our Ko-fi account at ko-fi.com slash commonthreadspodcast. That's ko-fi.com slash commonthreadspodcast. That brings us on to this week's wonderful guests who have truly changed the game when it comes to zero-waste fashion. Zero Waste Design Online is a new community of designers, academics, home sewers and industry experts that have created a pool of collective knowledge on zero waste design processes. The community aims to transform garment design and construction through educational resources and collaborative online workshops. Zero Waste Design Online has four female founders. We have Milen Lorgio, an industrial designer, consultant and CAD specialist. Danielle Elsner, a fashion designer and founder of Zero Waste Design System Decode. We have Cassandra Boulanger, who's one of our interviewees today, and she is a Glasgow School of Art graduate and founder of The Stitchery. And Holly McQuillan, another one of our guests, who is a researcher at the Swedish School of Textiles and a co-author of Zero Waste Fashion Design. In our interview with Holly and Cassandra, we chat about fashion's waste problem and how to fix it through zero waste systems thinking. Hello, Holly and Cassandra. Welcome to Common Threads. Thanks so much for coming on. No, thank you. Thank you for having us. 
Thanks for having us. It's great to be here. So before we get started, it'd be great if you could both introduce yourselves to the listeners and just let us know a little bit about what you've been up to and what brought you to Zero Waste Design. Uh, so I'm Holly, Holly McQuillan, and um, and I'm a New Zealander and I've been um, working in the field of zero waste design uh, since around about 2004. I used to be a, a fashion design researcher and educator in New Zealand. Um, and then I, in 2017, I moved to Sweden to begin my PhD um, in that area. My name's Cassandra Belanger. I'm based in Glasgow. I'm actually from Western Canada, but I've been in Glasgow for the last 10 years. Um, and I run uh, the Stitchery Studio here in Glasgow. And actually, Holly and I co-founded Zero Waste Design online this year with two other really incredible designers, Milan Logulo and Danielle Elsner. And so we've been kind of working away at that um, over the last year. And it's kind of been really exciting to see that develop. I found out about Zero Waste Design, I think, in 2016, actually through a series of masterclasses put on by Zero Waste Scotland, which Lynn Wilson was actually involved in, um, in the kind of provision of that. And then I went on and actually found Holly's uh, book and got really interested through just kind of learning about Zero Waste Design through the book. And, um, and at that point, actually contacted Holly about doing kind of collab- collaborative project and it kind of I guess went went from there. Amazing yeah I mean it's it's a huge issue a huge topic so let's start with a big question why is the fashion industry so wasteful? <laughs> yeah that, that is a really big complex beast of a problem. Um, I mean I guess it comes down to uh, the underlying systems of the fashion uh, industry and of all industry you know the 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 models and the methods in use um, now were uh, developed and conceived at a time when we didn't really fully understand the impact of our actions um, when you scale it up to the scale that you have now but we continue to adhere to them despite the fact that we know that these existing ways of working and thinking um, puts us all at risk the industry considers waste to be a a problem of management that's where it's been conventionally kind of addressed you know you have uh, efficient marker making software that will do the best job that it can with the with the pattern shapes that you have Um, and then it'll just get dealt with if there's waste that's inevitable you know we can't we can't change that so um so we'll deal with it and i don't know collecting it we have this sort of old model um, of our understanding of our interaction with you know all the systems on the planet um, that we can just kind of take and take and take and dump into it as much as we like and it doesn't matter and we know that's not true anymore but we still have a system that thinks like that's true what we need to realize is that waste particularly the kind of waste that that I tend to primarily address in, in my work Um, and that Zero Waste Design Online primarily kind of um, tries to attend to, which is the kind of cutting room floor waste, which is anywhere between 15 and um, 25% of the material um, needed to make a garment becomes waste on the cutting room floor. We treat that waste as a management problem, but in actual fact it's created through a design process. So, um, you know, it's it's a direct consequence of the way that we think and the way that our systems are constructed. 
Uh, so there's really a lot of work that needs to happen um, in order to kind of address this misunderstanding. You know, if you try and address waste in the industry, it has really profound implications. So for example, if you have a garment and you want to make it zero waste or even just less wasteful, then you're going to probably reduce the amount of material you need. So you might go from, you know, you make 10 dresses and you need 10 meters, but 15% of that is waste. If you reduce that, then maybe you only need nine meters to make the same number of dresses. And what that means is that you're going to order nine meters of fabric from the fabric supplier rather than 10. And the fabric supplier isn't going to like that because they don't want their order numbers to go down. And the yarn mill that supplies the fabric producing uh, company doesn't like that. The farmers that produce the cotton or whatever, they don't like that. So nobody in this whole system really wants anyone to reduce the amount of material that is used. And zero waste directly kind of holds up a mirror to that and says, this is what we need to do. We can't continue to take and take and take from our planet the way that we are or dump into it or use energy in the way that we are. We have to fundamentally change what we do. Um, and I think, so, I mean, it's these are really big sort of meaty issues that go into even things like free trade agreements are, are kind of part of the problem. Um, legislation, you know, companies aren't legally responsible for the waste that they produce. And so I think we need to kind of think about how we value materials. Um, I think it was Kate Fletcher that, that, that said, she, you know, we actually need to be more materialistic, you know, and, and she doesn't mean, you know, wanting more stuff. She, she means we need to really value the materials that we use. So it's, um, yeah, it's kind of tricky and big, um, but that's why, why, why it is such a wasteful thing. Yeah, it's, it's the way that you talk about waste, you know, it becomes this kind of big systemic thing. It really does make you think about, you know, why, why do we allow that waste to happen in the first place and that it is designed to be that way? Mm -hmm. But you, you spoke about waste being a problem of design, you know, that it's, you know, at the design stage, not at the man management stage. So what kind of changes or tweaks to the design process, to the design system, do we need to kind of cut out waste or minimize waste? So I'm going to actually take on this one. Um, I think before we narrow in on design techniques, we really need to zoom out and look at the need for like a holistic mindset in the approach to design. And this is a bit of what kind of Holly's getting to. So for zero waste design techniques to be successful in implementing change in the industry, we first need to recognize that the techniques are a small part of this bigger broken system. We need to understand the system as a whole and we need to develop ways of thinking that enforces a holistic way of working. Then we can actually change the industry by using zero waste design techniques that can make a difference in tackling the industry's huge waste problem. If you think of a garment pattern like a puzzle, it's a matter of placing each piece along the edge of another piece without creating any negative space. So different techniques or method, methods used to create zero waste garments can include um, geometric or square cut garments, experimental drape, drape, working from existing garment blocks, zero waste system such as Holly's make use system that she developed while she was at Massey University in New Zealand and Danielle Elsner's decode pattern masters which she developed while she was at RCA last year. Um, creative pattern cutting methods also can be applied to different kind of zero waste pattern cutting 
um, such as Julian Roberts' subtraction pattern cutting and Ricard Lindquist's kinetic constructions. There's lots of kind of different techniques that can be applied, um, zero waste techniques, but really for it to be successful in the wider industry, we really need to kind of like zoom out and look at the system as a whole. If you're interested in finding out more about or like looking at examples of these techniques, we're actually really trying to focus on um, showing that, featuring that on our Instagram page. So we have lots of different examples of designers that have worked using these different techniques as well. And that's um, ZWDO underscore collective on Instagram. So you can kind of learn learn more there if you're interested. But yeah, so it's it's kind of just about pulling out and looking looking at the system as a whole before we can really implement change with technique. Yeah, absolutely. Like literally every single episode we end up saying it's about system change and it definitely applies in this case too. And I know Holly, I mean, you briefly mentioned it there, Cassandra, but this is something you have looked at a lot. So could you chat us through your zero waste systems thinking? What does that mean? When I started my PhD, I very much thought that I could kind of take zero waste design methods and sort of if I just replace the existing, you know, garment design construction methods with this zero waste way of doing things, that um, you you could potentially solve a lot of problems. So at the start of my PhD, that's literally what I tried to do. So I had case studies with um, a range of companies, um, you know, from very large fast fashion brands um, working with their marker makers in Turkey to um, you know like a a, a big American sustainable. Um, brand and I and I worked with their design team and right through to the factory floor in Colombia and um, and 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 doing this uh, th- these case studies that's when this kind of uh, realization that this is not something that can be solved with a design technique it, it is part of this bigger system that's when that started to to kind of really come to the fore and the way that it did that was through through this incredibly frustrating series of experiences <laughs> where it was like you know you go into something and I guess I was naive or something but you know I went into it thinking you know I can I can do this I can make a change I can design my way out of the problem and you know I'd have a result that was zero waste or lower waste and would have you know, if you put it into production, you'd reduce the amount of material used by like kilometers in some cases. You know, it's like they're producing 100,000 units. And then it would go through another part of the kind of approval process. And the head designer, who wasn't part of this experience, she would do her job, you know, like it's her job to go, oh, you know, we need to change this a little bit and move this a bit and make these little, you know, really arbitrary, really, really small aesthetic changes but because the pattern had been optimized so much those tiny little changes undid all of the work that I just spent six months to a year doing and it made me realize that you need to start with this massive conversation first with everyone that's evolved you know they can't see that if I do this to the garment it'll have this impact on its yield or it's the amount of material used or how much waste it produces those parts of the you know the design process and supply chain are not at all communicated across you know boundaries so you know kind of seeing this i realized that i'd really thought of zero waste as a method but in actual fact it needed to be and was actually a way of thinking you know i knew that i needed to kind of develop tools and 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 models or or something to help explain this 
to people that this mindset that I kind of didn't know I had, I thought I just had methods, that I needed to visualize it. And so what I did was I developed the zero waste systems thinking model, which kind of articulates that all of the design decisions that you make need to be a consequence of this broader context. And there are lots of different ways that you could do that. Like there are so many different versions of what this could look like. It's not like there's not space for massive amounts of creativity. There's so much room within that. That's incredible. And, and it really is this conversation about planetary boundaries. Nothing else really matters, you know, when we're talking about sustainability. And obviously we see brands these days talking more about sustainability, maybe creating collections with recycled materials, things like that. But why is it that we don't see many brands talking about this, talking about waste, talking about zero waste systems? You know, can we ever expect to see, you know, big brands doing this at scale or zero waste products on the high street? Well, we don't see mainstream fashion brands talking about textile waste because it's not sexy. It's basically a bad news story. It makes them look bad. They're simply focusing on the eco-friendly materials. Um, they can maintain the status quo while making consumers feel good. Um, without having to question the underlying philosophy of their business. I would speculate that it can actually encourage consumption while perpetuating the wider problem because it's making consumers or citizens feel good about their purchase, you know, so, oh, I can purchase more because it's sustainable. The other issue is the way that the fashion system is organized, which is obviously what we're talking a lot about here. So fashion brands don't actually own their waste. It's owned by the factory manufacturing their clothing, so they have no legal obligation to manage it. And they don't want to reduce waste because it will reduce consumption. What I think we really need here is legislation put in place to change this so that, um, you know, factories and companies have to take ownership for the waste that they're producing through, through design. Um, the current fashion system is rooted in capitalism and therefore rooted in this growth mindset. We need the shift in the fashion industry, again, where we're focusing on Earth first. We need an Earth-centered approach so that we can actually tackle these wider industries from the outside in. I think there's also a lack of education, understanding about the wider system, and we need more educational institutions to start to implement education in these areas. We need our future designers equipped with a holistic systems thinking, Earth-centered approach if we're serious about changing the industry. And educational institutions need to step up to this challenge. To answer your question about whether we can expect to see zero waste products in the high street, there are actually a few high street brands that have produced a small number of garments or capsule collections um, that are zero waste or minimal waste. So there's Costa's 10th anniversary capsule collection. Um, ASOS actually released a skirt last year um, and Decathlon released two baby tracksuits, um, which were actually designed by Milen Logilo, who is um, part of our zero waste design collective, along with her team at Decathlon. So we're just starting to see some of this kind of popping up in the industry. But I'll just add that the development of these zero waste garments in an inherently wasteful system, it's a good thing, but it's not enough. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you mentioned before we started recording that you'd listened to our chat with Lynn Wilson, who's obviously like a big advocate of all of this. And she made the point that, you know, we're starting to see zero waste products, but it's almost like brands want that waste now so they can make this desirable zero waste product. So I guess what I want to ask you is some people are saying, well, the only way to make a zero waste garment is just not to make it. What are your thoughts on that? Do we just need to be making so much less stuff? Should we be finding creative ways to use our waste? What is the, the most actionable solution here, do you think? 
I think the, the most zero waste garment is the one that you already have. We need to take care of the clothes that we do own and reduce our consumption habits. Overproduction and underutilization is also a huge part of, of the problem of waste in the industry. And we, we not only need to produce less, but we need to, again, educate citizens about the need to buy less. We purchase far too many clothes and we produce far too many clothes. So we need to be more radical than we're currently seeing in the shifts to sustainable fashion. It's also important that the burden of waste is not placed solely on the consumer. Government policies need to be implemented and brands and designers need to take responsibility for the waste that's being designed into the garment. Yeah, and also I just want to um, add, you know, when you put all of the waste from all the different parts, whether that's, you know, the the yarn waste um, from, you know, in spinning mills um, through to, um, you know, the, the waste in the salvages in a in a fabric mill through to the cutting room floor waste um, in the, you know, in a, in a clothing factory through to overproduction of either textiles or and garments um, before they even get to a consumer. And then the waste post-consumer, what you have is that after a year, after one year, you have approximately 60% of all of the raw material needed to make our garments is waste. Wow. You know, it's fundamentally a completely flawed model Mm. you know and so we need to address that 60% figure in every direction you know in all the different parts of it we need to address it and I don't think there's one single answer like I think it's tempting to want to find one that will solve all of it in an easy simple nicely wrapped up way but it doesn't exist I don't think I think we need to address it in uh, you know, multifaceted ways because it's a multifaceted problem. And so, you know, the, the kind of the scale of the problem means that we have to address this from every single angle. I wanted to ask a bit more about kind of responsibility and who's responsible, particularly in regards to the sort of waste at the level of stock, of, of stock that's already been made and maybe is unsold, which you know, we've seen a lot this over the past year with the pandemic, you know, orders being cancelled, what happens to those clothes, what happens to returns, you know, these are all massive questions in addition to that, you know, cutting room floor waste. And we've seen, you know, headlines over the years of brands burning this, burning the stock or, or sort of destroying it, incinerating it. How are they allowed to get away with this? Why don't they have that responsibility for what they create? And, you know, how can we tackle that? Um, it's because of, you know, the, the economic system values growth and profit over everything else. That's why they're able to get away with it. There's very little financial um, kind of impact. It's part of the calculation that they make. They, you know, it's a very calculated decision. Um, it's only a negative financial impact if they really dramatically make the wrong calculation and massively overproduce something or overinvest in a particular piece that they cannot sell. But most of the time, there's like a, a baseline amount that that's just part of the way they do business. There's no legislation controlling it because governments around the world have, have, have you know, decided that growth at all costs is the only true measure of success you know GDP is how we measure the success and so because of that the you know the environmental costs are kind of socialized <laughs> somebody's still paying for it the environment's paying for it but 
it's the companies aren't paying the, the price. And when you buy a garment, like just like with the cutting room waste, with overproduction, you're buying, you're paying for that overproduction. It's in the, the cost structure of everything that we buy. Yeah, it, it doesn't serve anyone. It doesn't serve the consumers, doesn't serve planet. And I, I know I know in my experience, generally the people sort of involved in the fashion industry who are most interested in their waste is the small brands, the small designers, the, you know, the budding designers. And we actually yeah. have a lot of people like that who listen to this. So it would be really great to get some actionable tips from you both about what can, you know, small brands, up and coming designers do to help really minimize their own waste. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really great question because um, in actual fact, a, a small brand can do so much in terms of their own, you know, the things that they have within their sphere of influence and control, they have almost kind of relatively speaking more power and control over that whole system than a really, really big multinational company. And that's why you'll see most examples of successful zero waste implementation um, come from these small and medium sized businesses. Um, but so things that a brand can do um, or an independent designer can do in order to try and um, kind of implement uh, some of these ways of thinking into their work. Um, for a start, um, I would recommend you kind of consider your, your motivation. Um, why do you want to do this? Do they feel morally responsible? Are they, you know, like a, a hardcore sort of environmentalist at heart or is it... Um, a good news story that they want to use to like market their brand and and none of those like, there's nothing wrong with any kind of motivation like if you're wanting to do it then then great do it whatever your motivation is to sort of own it um, but know what it is because it can impact on kind of how you how you do it down the line you also need to think about things like uh, time and and be quite realistic about um, if you've never done zero waste before then you might need to sort of get some training or um, or, or get someone in to help you or, or, or something like that in order to kind of work out that this is a whole new way of designing and thinking about the design process. Um, you know, you can also find out what do you, if you outsource your manufacturing, you could ask them, what do you do with the waste now? Like what happens to it? Um, and just asking those questions, maybe that the waste is a revenue stream for them now. Um, and if you go zero waste, you might want need to compensate them essentially for something they're going to lose. So, uh, you know, you might want to think of that. Yeah, there's one thing I was going to add. So I guess if we're talking to home sewers or makers, people who are making your own clothes, um, we're actually looking at a higher percentage of waste when you're making clothing um, because the pattern cutting layouts and sewing patterns tend to be higher waste, although we're only producing maybe a, a sample or a twill and then a final garment or maybe one final garment. So the overall... Um, production is is a lot lower but the waste per garment can be quite high and I think as a home sewer just taking responsibility for the, for your waste there's lots of different things you can do this is kind of what I looked at in my masters my garments weren't all zero waste pattern cuts some of them were kind of looking at at using the waste in interesting ways so I made kind of some art, artwork from some offcuts. Um, I made some twine from some of the, the bits of fabric as well um, that I've used for, you know, my glasses and different things. Um, and actually this weekend, I'm going to be making a poof uh, for my new bedroom <laughs> um, from closet core patterns. Uh, they, they've put a new poof pattern out. It's a free pattern. If, I think you have to sign up to be a member possibly, but it is a free pattern. And I'm going to stuff a bunch of my fabric waste from previous projects into that. So there's lots of different things you can do as a home sewer to just take responsibility for the waste that you actually have. 
um, or are producing. And what's really exciting um, for home sewing is that there is a bit of a rise of, of design home sewing or indie pattern companies looking at zero waste patterns. So we've got Chris Wood Sews and her envelope dress that was kind of trending on Instagram last year. Brigitte Halmersen um, in Malmö in Sweden has got some really lovely zero waste patterns. Um, and also Milen, uh, who's part of our collective, also has some open source zero waste patterns on our website as well. So there are options out there for sewers who want to try um, to learn to make zero waste garments. And actually that was something I didn't mention, but um, Zero Waste Design Online, we're also looking at producing our own um, sewing patterns for home sewers as well. And hopefully we'll be looking at this over the next year. So um, yeah, there's lots that you can do as, as a home sewer as well. Yeah, those are such amazing tips that I feel really bring that big overwhelming kind of systems idea into a bit more of a manageable way. So that's great. Um, obviously a lot of listeners we have designers but a lot of them are just consumers you know just people who want to be making better choices with the clothes that they buy and they wear so as consumers as all of us as citizens what role do we play in reducing this waste once you know once the product is in our hands yeah i mean i think we do play a, a role and there's things that you can implement really easily just to to help with this problem um taking care of your clothing and and buying quality um, you know, making your clothing last longer, having your clothing altered when necessary or having it mended rather than throwing it out um, when it needs repaired. Learning to sew, you know, um, doesn't take much to learn some basic mending and alteration skills. And again, if you're not really up for sewing, you can easily find a local tailor or alterations company to do that for you. So it's just about making your clothing last um, and, and only purchasing clothing if it's necessary. Think about your purchase. Is this an impulse buyer? Do you actually need this? And personally, I always challenge myself, like when I'm going to buy something, to walk away at least for 24 hours, whether it's something online or in a shop, because um, it's so easy to impulse buy. You see something and you have this like emotional response to it, and um, it's so easy to just pick it up and you know buy it and walk away. And I think often if you just take some time and step back, it can really kind of help you assess: Do I actually need this, or is this just a want? And so again, it's just kind of um questioning the purchases that you are making you can look into leasing or renting clothing rather than buying it outright there's some really great companies um, that are starting these kinds of endeavors you can purchase from companies that have end-of-life recycling programs as well um, you know where the company actually takes the responsibility for the garment at the end of life um, and support these kinds of companies so again just taking really good care of your clothing washing it and drying it properly mending it and keeping it for as long as possible. Yes, I think Ruth and I totally agree and support all of those points. Um, and just to kind of finish off, we'd love to find out a bit more about zero waste design um, what you guys are doing. How can people get involved in your workshops and what sort of things do they entail? So we um, are quite active on Instagram and we're posting anything kind of we're planning to do. We'll, we'll go up on our Instagram platform. We also have um, a website, zerowastedesignonline.com. Um, we're really excited because in the next couple of weeks, we're going to start really putting our heads down and developing our e-learning platform, which is something that we've um, kind of endeavored to do a couple of years ago when we first started this or came up with this kind of idea. It was about building an e-learning platform um, where the resources were always there because what, what we've kind of done in the last 
I guess eight, eight or so months since we started up was being a bit more kind of reactive by providing like live workshops. Um, it kind of got started because we were asked by a university to do some online workshops for Fashion Revolution Week. Yeah, we just kind of jumped on that opportunity and started doing live workshops and then things kind of rolled and we, we kind of launched basically. But we want to have that platform there for anyone to access at any time. So that's what we're going to start working on now. We're also looking at just building community. Community is really, really important to us. We want to engage and, and everyone is welcome, whether you're um, like just a citizen, a, a home sewer, you're from industry, you're a designer. Um, we want everyone to kind of come together and contribute to helping solve this problem. And yeah, we, we do plan to also offer um, live workshops on some of the topics we've looked at before. Hopefully we will be doing some future workshops or lectures on zero waste systems thinking, get Holly in to teach a bit more about her PhD. That would be great as well. Um, and also some industry consultancy, which is something we're just kind of starting to pick up as well. So yeah, lots of exciting things to come. I think you'll all agree that that interview gave us a lot to think about. I think the main takeaway for me, and it's kind of symbolic of any issue in sustainable fashion, is that we can make all the little tweaks we want. You know, we can design more sustainable garments, we can reduce our waste, we can, you know, change the way we consume. But ultimately, these tweaks aren't going to make the impact that they need to make within the existing framework, within the dominant system. So. It really gave me a lot to think about there. And also, again, it's not all doom and gloom. There's something that everyone can do as small designers, as someone working for a bigger brand, as a consumer, as a home sewer. You know, the solutions are out there. It's really just about accessing them. And I love how Zero Waste Design Online is kind of pooling all of that together. Exactly. And of course, the most zero waste garment is the one you already own. So that's it for today. Make sure to visit the links in the show notes for more information about our guests and about Zero Waste Design Online and let us know what you think of today's episode over on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Common Threads Podcast and on Twitter and Facebook too. We always love hearing from you as well as any questions or suggestions for future episodes. Now thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week. <laughs>